Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. All right, so today we're in the book of Acts. So we're going to look at the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1. I'll get into that in just a minute. And if you want to turn there or click there, either one, but the book of Acts. And as we go through the book of the Bible, each book of the Bible that we're going through, some we're combining, some we're not. But I encourage you this week as you read the book of Acts, understand that the book of Acts is a compilation of stories that Luke... Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Luke is the guy who wrote the book of Acts. Acts is moved outside of the Gospels because it's giving testimony to what happened with the apostles. Much of Paul's journeys and different things like that. But Acts is written by Luke. And I'm telling you that because it's in chronological order of storyline. Luke writes in a chronological fashion to help you kind of go. Because it's what we're used to in, in, in our culture. We like stories. You know, the Bible is, is really a compilation of many, many books that are all kind of like just volumes of, of writings. You would pull one out and read it and then put it back. It's not assembled for you. I hate that for us, but it's not assembled for you in chronological order. So when you start in Genesis, it throws you when you go, wait, wait a minute. What? In Chronicles, it says the same thing. I'm confused. Why does King say the same thing as Chronicles? Why? It's Habakkuk saying stuff, but then Ezekiel is over here. I don't understand because it's not in chronological order. It's assembled, in my opinion, it's assembled a little bit odd for us because we read in our culture front to back. That's how it should be. In, in the Hebrew culture, it was not so, okay? So when you're reading the book of Acts, understand Luke wrote it. Luke is very detailed, and so he writes with this. He wants you to chronologically understand what took place after the resurrection, Okay. So before we get into Acts, I want to give you a little bit about a little history, uh, not history, but a little foundation, I guess you will, uh, before we get into this. So, you know, in our place right now, my wife, I think my wife and my grandmother have conspired against me in a way that just yesterday, you know, she tells me, and I can't remember saying this, but I have to take her word for it because I'm terrible about this stuff. Her mathematics is the same way. They got a memory like a stinking elephant is what people say. I don't know how anybody knows how memory of an elephant works, but apparently they're really good at memorying, rem- remembering things, right? So if I know I said it, then I can, man, I feel like I got this one. You know what I mean? If I know I said it. My problem is I get going on too many things and I forget, did I say that or did I not say that? And my wife is like, no, you said it. And it's like doggone, you know, man, she's got such a good memory. She, if you tell her five years ago something, she probably remembers it. It's like, it, it drives me nuts. Mathematics, same way. Just like, come on, can't you forget one thing? Just one. Just one. Be normal. No. It's like a, like hard drive. It's just stored there, anchored like forever, you know? But she tells me yesterday, honey, I think we want to expand the garden area. And I'm like, I'm building a chicken coop. Right now, for chickens that they brought home, that she swears I said it was okay. <laughs> I have to take her word for it. I have to take her word for it. But these chickens are getting so big, and I gotta finish this coop like today before these chickens like start like I don't know. They're they're like lifting weights in that cage. You know what I'm saying? Like they're getting big. So. Then she says, we're going to expand the garden. I said, I'm building the chicken coop. We're going to expand the garden. And so my mind says, okay, but we need water. Like, I need to lay some irrigation first. I need to get some things set because if y'all expand much further, 
I can't keep dragging hoes out. We're going to do this. I need irrigation. And then I start thinking, not only that, we have groundhogs apparently. Now they're eating all the vegetables. So i got to build a fence. So I'm thinking, okay, what well, we do a garden, that sounds fun. But I'm thinking, that thing is eating all of our vegetables. I told myself, maybe I think we could buy organic and come out better for five years than what we're putting in this garden. So, you know, that didn't go real well. She's like, we're, we're doing this, so just get on board. Okay. It's kind of like that when you read Acts. If you take Acts, and what I'm about to tell you today, and you don't understand what should go in first, you can overlook the beauty of what's taking place in the book of Acts. What I mean by that is there's a purpose for why the Bible is assembled the way it is, even though it's out of order for us. In the Old Testament, you'll see this, and I'm just give you a minute on this, and we'll move on. In the Old Testament, it's primarily, who do you see in operation primarily in the Old Testament? It's God. Now, you don't see him as Father until Jesus introduces him in the Gospels as Father. But he's always been a dad. It's just Jesus had to reveal him as such. In the Gospels, who is the primary character out of the Trinity? You have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Who is it that you primarily see in the Gospels? It's Jesus. Is God absent? No, God is not absent. But the primary character, if you will, and I don't say that loosely there, but you understand what I mean, is Jesus. In the New Testament, and I'm saying Gospels because Gospels isn't New Testament. Gospels is written under the Old Covenant. Even though it's not in the Old Covenant, the Gospels, Jesus ministered in the Old Covenant. He did not minister in the New Covenant. It's important to understand that because if he, he wasn't resurrected yet. That means he fulfilled, when he says literally he fulfilled it, he fulfilled it completely. Not just in doing as a priest, as in also our sacrifice through the resurrection. Anyway, side note. The Old Testament reveals God the Father. The, the Gospels reveal Jesus, the Son. The New Testament, starting in the book of Acts, reveals the Holy Spirit. Now, if God the Father is so important, and we all agree that he is, and if Jesus is so important... And we all agree that Jesus is. The Holy Spirit is just as important. He is equally a part of the Godhead. But if you take the New Testament, particularly the book of Acts, and you remove it from and just say, this is what the Holy Spirit does, you will miss so many things that the Holy Spirit does. And you'll base it upon an experience rather than biblical interpretation. All of us have experiences. I could give you mine. I've had many experiences. Some of which I could show you in the Bible, some of which I can't. My job today is to reveal to you just an, just an introduction to the book of Acts. And then as we go through the New Testament, that you can see God, the Holy Spirit, in operation all throughout the New Testament. Because he's everywhere throughout the, Old Te- the New Testament. So let me read you the book of Acts, okay? Acts chapter 1, so the church is what? I got you, didn't I? I got you, y'all. I caught you sleeping right there. You wasn't paying attention, man. I got you. So the church is what? Thank you very much. All right. So Acts chapter one, verse one. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, who's, who's writing? This is Luke. Remember the guy that Luke wrote to in the book? It was Theophilus. About everything that Jesus began to do and to teach. In my first book, I taught you about Jesus. Then he says, until the day he was taken up into heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions, <clears throat> through the Holy Spirit. Now, where do they get their instructions from? Holy Very important here. Luke, if you could take Luke and the book of Acts and put them like this, instead of skipping and going to John, you would be amazed at how the beauty of those writings work together. Jesus revealed, Holy Spirit revealed. 
That's what Luke is doing. So Luke says, I'm revealing these things to you that the Holy Spirit uh, was given to us, right? Well, he taught. So in verse 3, he says, During the 40 days after his crucifixion, he appeared to the apostles from time to time. And he proved to them in many ways he was actually alive. Those were the many signs that they saw. Thomas put his fingers in his hands. Uh, they touched the side. You know, Jesus ate one place. He said, you know, they thought he was a ghost. Like, ah, it's a ghost. And Jesus said, you got any fish? Huh? Yeah. Why did he say that? To prove to them he wasn't a ghost. He said, ain't the fish sandwich. They're looking, waiting for the fish to go bloop. No, it, it didn't. He ate fish. So apparently in heaven, you get to eat still. Apparently there's something about the resurrection of life that you're still going to get some good food, baby. I don't know. If Jesus got to eat, then we get to eat, okay? So anyway, just saying. Different signs he proved that he was actually alive. And then he taught them about the kingdom of God. Once when he was eating with them, this is Luke saying, once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father gives you or sends to you the gift he promised. As I told, now this is in red in my Bible, I know it don't say it here on the screen, but in your Bible it should be red. If it's not red, then, then some Bibles don't do this, but in mine it's red because these are the words of Jesus. Jesus is talking and he says, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised as <clears throat> I told you before. For verse 5, John baptized with water or in water. Remember John the Baptist? He's baptizing everybody. He's wearing camel hair, eating locusts, wild honey. You remember the guy, right? Lots of baptisms. So what Luke is telling you right now, he says, pay attention. How John baptized with water, he's saying, in just a few days, you will be baptized with or in, baptized with, in. It's a, it's a, it's a. I like to say in and with because they work together. They, they're, they're interchangeable words in this context. You'll be baptized with or in the Holy Spirit. Now, as you're reading this, verse 6, I know it breaks up and goes into different kind of categories, okay, in some Bibles. But it's the same writing. I don't, unless I'm writing a manuscript, I don't break up my writings in, in categories. I write in paragraph form. The, the Bible writers and translators and those that helped us, they're the ones that put these little brackets in. Now he says the ascension of Jesus. Well, that's fine, but he's still kind of together on this statement. So it's when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him. Now he just told them you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. They start asking, well, what about this? So when they were with him, they kept asking, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? <laughs> so you get what I'm saying? It's like, that's cool. Baptism with the Holy Spirit? Yeah, okay. Hey, listen, when are you going to kick the Romans out? Huh? When's that going to happen? So Jesus goes back and he says, well, okay, listen. All right, you didn't hear me the first time. The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they're not for you to know. Verse 8, back to what I said, boys. It was probably Peter who did it. You know what I mean? It had to be probably him. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then you will be my witnesses. Interesting word, witnesses means martyr. But it's not always the same way in which we discuss the word martyr. It means one who witnesses by his death. You could die, but watch this. You could also be a witness in the fact that you spiritually were dead and were born again. The funny thing about being a Christian is this. you People know if you really are or not. You're marked because you do weird stuff. You just do. I mean, people just say, well, I just don't agree with that. Why do you guys always, because you're marked. I'm not going to be different for the world because they don't like me. 
I'm going to love them. I'm going to help them best I can. But my job is to witness them the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if my gospel is a watered down, insignificant gospel that doesn't reveal the Christ that's in me, what does that tell us? I'm not being a very good witness in that. I don't have to be a bullhorn preacher. But the fact that sometimes I just go to church or the fact that sometimes I have a Bible or that I go to a small group, anything that's weird like that, they go, what, why do y'all, it's Labor Day, why, what does it matter? Because we're believers. There's something about being marked by him that makes me follow him in these areas. He says, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And after this saying, this is interesting. After this saying, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. He was taken up. Now, let me say something to you. This is very important. God the Father in the Old Testament, or God in the Old Testament. Then you have Jesus in the Gospels, Holy Spirit in the New Testament. Watch this. Jesus was taken up so that the Holy Spirit could come down. The Holy Spirit, in everything you see in the Old Testament, you will not find a person filled with or in the Holy Spirit. He will come upon them for a moment, but he will go right back up. He never stayed on anybody long term. They did some neat stuff, but it was temporary. 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 But the Jesus was on the earth while he was here. He demonstrated something. He said, look, I'm going to show you the Father. This is who God really is. Watch me. You're going to see the Father. And then he says, and I got to go. Well, where are you going to go? I got to go back where I came from. Man, well, we're going to be sad. Why? Because if I don't go, he can't come. And if he can't come, you can't be filled. And if you can't be filled, you're going to be a terrible witness for me. Do you see that? Do you see what I'm saying, right? All right, the church is what? There you go. Okay, just make sure you're awake. All right, we're going to roll through a couple of scriptures here, okay? And then I'm going to show you something. Luke 3, 21. One day when the crowds, I'll put this on the screen, just write this down, okay? I'm going to read this into you. Luke 3, 21. One day when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized. And as he was praying, the heavens opened. Jesus is being water baptized. And as he was baptized, which is a good reason, by the way, to be, if Jesus got water baptized, we ought to be water baptized. So as he was praying, the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit, watch this, in bodily form. You get that? The Holy Spirit isn't some mystical little fog presence of a cloud. No, he is the third person of the Godhead. He's God Almighty. He comes down in bodily form. And the Bible says that he descended upon Jesus like a dove. The dove is a sign of peace. So if you're, listen, if you want to know who the Holy Spirit is, he's God, the, he's God, the Holy Spirit, but he, he has a peaceful presence. He's not confusing. He's not misunderstood. Now people are misunderstood and people are confusing, but the Holy Spirit's not. He is a person of peace. Now keep going. And a voice from heaven said, you're my dearly loved son and, and you bring me great joy. The Holy Spirit descended. Why did he send? Jesus had to go back up so the Holy Spirit could come down for us. Now, this in the book of Acts, where I'm about to read to you, in Acts chapter 2, um, this is during the Feast of Pentecost. Now, right now, this week is the Feast of Trumpets. Interesting, this falls on the same week. I'm a little side note here, and I'll come back, okay? Feast of Trumpets, very interesting, is a time where they would celebrate with the ram's horn, like a shofar, it's a very long thing, and it's... 
it's so loud. I can't, I wish I had one, I'd try it, but I, I don't know if I could do that. But it's so loud, it's so blaring. It would either call you to war, get your attention, wake you up kind of thing. Or it was to sit there and, and either celebrate. So God would say during the Feast of Trump, you're to like a blast to wake people up or to get them. It's like, and if you've ever heard one, they're kind of like, hmm. It just, it does something. It just wakes your spirit up in a sense. And I think what God would say is for all of us as, as believers is to say this, being that it is the Feast of Trumpets, that we ought to wake up and see and look around and ask ourselves some serious questions. When you see the book of Acts, <clears throat> In Acts chapter 2, this is during the Feast of Pentecost, not affiliated with trumpets. I just said that for a moment. <laughs> Pentecost was the 50th day, okay? This is the day they would celebrate Pentecost. It was the celebration of the giving of the Torah, the Bible, in on Mount Sinai, okay? So the first five books of your Bible, that's why they celebrate this. So in Acts chapter 2 and verse 32, it says this, that God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Now he, this is Luke again talking. Now he is exalted to the place of the highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the father, as he had promised, gave him. I'm not, my kid's studying grammar right now, and I've forgotten more than I care to even think. She asked me questions, I'm like, uh, you better ask your mom. Because I have to go back and remember, okay, sentence structure, how this works when I read the Bible and stuff. But I'm smart enough to understand this. And the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us. Who's him? That's an interesting word, isn't it? Wait a minute, who's him? Well, who's, who's Luke talking about? He's talking about Jesus. Wait a minute, oh, whoa, whoa, back up. Okay, let's read it again. And the Father, as he had promised, gave him. Who? Who's the, he's talking about Jesus. If you go back just a few... Words before that, you'll see Jesus is who he's talking about. He gave Jesus the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us. Not sure if people, you know, sometimes we don't think about this when we talk about the Holy Spirit is the fact that Jesus is the one that baptizes you in or with the Holy Spirit. It's not the Holy Spirit on his own. As John, watch, as John baptized, John is the person baptizing, right? Y'all get what I'm saying? John baptized. Jesus baptizes you in the Holy Spirit. See, it's not the Holy Spirit on his own. The Trinity does not operate independently. They are three in one. They work together. So Jesus is the one that baptizes in or with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave Jesus the Holy Spirit to pour out upon our lives, why? I'm going to give you enough here in Acts just to introduce you to this. But if, if, if he did this, what's the purpose is it for us just to have a good time at church? So we feel better? We get up in the morning and go like, whoo, man. You know? <laughs> we cut up, man. If you ever watch, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I'm gonna move on. No, I'll tell you anyway. It's just us anyway, I'll tell you. So, <laughs> if you ever watch any Tyler Perry's movies, man, with Medea or any of that stuff, like, he'll say, man, Medea's like, whoo, I got the spirit. Like that. I'm just like, whoo. It isn't that. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's just a feeling, man. You know, you can feel stuff, right? Anyway. But what's the reason for this? So two, 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 uh, two trains of thought here and I'm moving on. Okay. Um, so, you know, in some Bible colleges, you're never referenced the Holy Spirit because they they teach that well, that's all done at resurrection. We don't talk about that anymore. They even refer- the word they use is that and it. He's not an it nor a that. He's he. 
He's the third person of the Godhead. He's, he's God the Holy Spirit. And then, now, I went to an ultra-charismatic Bible college, so I got the flip side of it. It's everything is the Holy Spirit. Everything you ever see, it's always, and no one can question it. It's always the Holy Spirit. Even if it's not in the Bible, it's the Holy Spirit. Somewhere in the middle, there's a, there's, there's a, an area where you say, okay, biblically, what does the Holy Spirit do? I'm not denying visions, dreams, or any other supernatural things that God does. Miracles are all throughout the book of Acts, but primarily, even in those things, this is what you will see the Holy Spirit do. You will see miracles. You will see signs and wonders all throughout the book of Acts. But he works with people. Now watch this. These are the things that the Holy Spirit does. And you're going to see this all throughout the New Testament. I'm going to give these to you. You're going to write them down. But they're primarily in John 14, John 16. And, and so it'll be easy, okay? But let me give you these two, okay? So we'll start in John 14, verse 16, all right? <clears throat> now this is Jesus talking. Okay, so John 14, let me go to mine and get over there in my Bible as well. John 14, verse 16. Jesus says, and I will ask the, watch this, watch the Trinity here. This is so beautiful. Jesus said, and I will ask the Father. Who's asking the Father? Jesus is. The church is what? Come on. All right, good. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. The word advocate here is comforter or helper, all right? It means one just like me is what Jesus is saying. And he will never leave you, for he is the Holy Spirit. You see the Trinity right there. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They work together. And one of the things he says he does, he leads into all truth. And he says that the world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. Can we just all agree that Jesus knows what he's talking about? Isn't that the truth? That's why you won't win an argument with a secularist or a humanistic person. You're wasting your time. They can't, they can't see it. And you wonder why, why don't they see it? Cause they are blinded spiritually until they say yes to Jesus. Then he reveals truth to them, but he's not going to reveal truth to someone who will not receive him as their Lord. World can't receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. Watch him. He says, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Why did he say that? Because I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come back to you. He's telling them because why? At the ascension, they're all upset and scared, hanging out, hiding out in the upper room. Why? Why are they doing that? Because they think he's left them. And he said, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to be with you. Just like I was with you, he will be with you too. So in John 14 and verse 26, let me just give you a couple of these things. He says real quick what he says. But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will, number one, he will teach you everything. That's when you break up in your Bible, you see stuff. That's the Holy Spirit showing you stuff. When you read the Bible, you go, I've read that a hundred times. And all of a sudden, some preacher says one thing, you go, oh, I've never seen that before. I bet you have. But you just didn't know it. Because the Holy Spirit didn't teach it to you. Here's a good illustration of this. In Acts 8, 29. Put it on the screen for you. I'm going to go through these kind of quick for you, okay? But Acts 8, chapter 8, verse 29. says, The Holy Spirit said to Philip, Go over and walk along beside the carriage. And Philip ran over and heard this man reading from the prophet Isaiah. So he's reading his Bible. He's a good little man. He's reading his Bible, right? And he says, Philip says, Do you understand uh, what you're reading? And the man said, How can I? Unless someone instructs me. 
So he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. And the passage of scripture that he had been reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter and the lamb, as a lamb is silent before the shearers. He did not open his mouth and he was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or somebody else? So beginning with this same scripture, he didn't use a trick Bible. <laughs> he used a different verse. Philip told him the good news about Jesus. And as they rode along, they came to some water. And the eunuch then said, look, there's some water. What is prevent? Can I get baptized? What just happened? The Holy Spirit did something that a guy read over and over and over took him. He could not figure that out. He thought it was somebody else. Here's a guy who is saved. He's teaching what's happening. The Holy Spirit is revealing to him the truth. So the Holy Spirit teaches you everything. Doesn't mean you don't have churches or Bible or Sunday or Sunday school leaders, whatever else, and small group leaders and all that kind of stuff. Because if that was the case, then Ephesians wouldn't give you teachers. Jesus would never give you pastors, evangelists, prophets, teachers, and apostles. All right. So the next thing he says, though, he says he's going to remind you of everything. So in John two twenty, I'll put this on the screen for you. Okay. He'll remind you of everything. John 2.20 says, What? They exclaimed. It's taken 46 years to build this temple, and you can rebuild it in three days. But when Jesus said this temple, he meant his own body. And after he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered he said this, and they believed both the scriptures of what Jesus said. Isn't it funny how you can go for so long, and you can forget, and like me just even reading some of these verses, some of you right now are going like, I know that. I remember that. I've read. I know that. He's reminding you of things. Now, I wish the Holy Spirit would remind me if I tell my wife, yes, you can bring home some chickens. I wish he'd help me out sometime with that. So far, he ain't on my team with those kind of things. I've been trying. Lord, are you sure I said that? I get silence. Could you help a brother out? I mean, you know, like, did I really say it? Did I say it? I don't know. I remind you of everything. Next thing he says he's going to do, look at this, John chapter 16, verse 13. Just hold your, John 16, 13, and I'm going to give you these three things here he says. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Now, why is this important? Because you need to know what truth is. Jesus said you'll know the truth will set you free. It's important to know. <clears throat> so 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 12, put it on the screen for you. Just write these down. I told you I'm going to go through them kind of quick so you can have them. And, and I'm doing this because when we open up the rest of the, the books of the New Testament, you're going to see this over and over and over again. But it says this, it says, and we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit. That means you're different. Why did you receive God's spirit? So you can know the wonderful things that God has freely given you. The Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. That's why this is important. Don't believe religious things that tell you things and says, well, the Holy Spirit, that's been done away with. Anytime you hear someone say, that's been done away with, indicator, they don't know what they're talking about. Just being honest, not being mean, just being honest. Anybody that tells me the Holy Spirit is a that, an it, or any kind of references like he's some kind of a car, you, you know, sitting outside in the parking lot, no, he is a he. Now, when I hear someone say, well, the Holy Spirit was talking to me, and I feel like he, oh, now I know someone that knows something about the Holy Spirit. Do you all see the difference, right? 
But the Holy Spirit's going to guide you into all truth. And the next thing he says, <coughs> he says that he will tell you everything that he has heard. So John says this in John 16, verse 15. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Can I just be real, real um, clear on this? Sometimes we overlook the beauty of what the Holy Spirit is doing because we are too focused on the wrong person. Jesus is in heaven. He is. And some people talk about Jesus like he's my best friend, he's my bud. He's not, they, they, I think you bring Jesus down a little bit when you start talking about him like he's some kind of pal you can go eat a hamburger with. I don't disagree with that. I think that's right. But he's also Lord. And the fact is, the matter... He is at the right hand of God where he ever maketh intercession for us. He's praying for you right now. He's interceding for you right now. And he sent the Holy Spirit so you can have communication with the Godhead through the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean you have to sit and pray, Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean that necessarily. But it does say acknowledge the fact that he's with you, that the Holy Spirit was sent for you. And he's receiving from Jesus things in heaven and he's revealing them to you here on the earth. That's his job. That's what he does. And the last thing he does is this. He will tell you about things to come or he will tell you about the future. Now, I don't know about you. I prayed about it a few times. Decided I better just let it go. But you know, this whole pandemic thing would have been good to have a heads up on, would it not? Just being real. Don't you know he wanted to reveal that? Don't you think that he could have revealed that? Let me ask you a question. Don't you think he did? What do you think went wrong? Can we just, can we be honest? Church, church is what? All right, good, right. Can we be honest? What do you think went wrong? It's okay. We can all say the answer right here. Guilty. I didn't hear him. Why didn't I hear him? Because I was too busy with some other stuff. Can't just be honest. Is he not revealing? Doesn't he want to speak? Don't he want to show you things to come? Come on, wouldn't it be great if he showed you what was coming down the road? Wouldn't it be great if he revealed something to you that you needed to know about your company? Wouldn't it be awesome if he showed you about your job, what's happening next, and what you could do to position yourself better? Don't you know he is? Don't you know he wants to? Don't you know he's trying? What's the problem? Come on. Yeah, it's us. Good answer. Good answer, right? It's us. Man, I want to hear what he has to say to me. And as you look through... The book of Acts, this is what you're going to see, these things over and over again. When they, the apostles went by and saw the lame man sitting on the steps, and they were sitting there looking at him, he was begging for bread, begging for money, please give me something, give me something. All of a sudden they stopped and say, now don't you know there's other people on them steps? Why'd they stop them? Because they was prompted by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit says, hey look, reach out there and pray for him. Have you ever been prompted by the Holy Spirit to pray for people? I have. I've had to stop eating my dinner 
leave my wife sitting at the table, go out in the parking lot, pray for a guy. I thought, wow, this is crazy. And watch him, big old boy, just bawl like a baby. We can hear from the Holy Spirit. It's just, we got to hear from the Holy Spirit, right? Now, let me close up with this last thought. In John 16, 7, this is what Jesus says to us. And this is important to hear. John 16 and verse 7. He says, I tell you the truth. This is Jesus Christ speaking to you. I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. It is to your advantage that I go away. Most of us would love it if Jesus was right here. But we forget He is in the person of the Holy Spirit. It's to your advantage that I go away. If I do not go away, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I go, I will send Him to you. Listen to me this morning, guys. You have an advantage with the Holy Spirit. On your job, in your schools, everywhere you go, if we just listen. Lay aside some of the stuff we got going on. Lay aside the stuff that distracts. And just open up some spiritual ears a little bit. Because he wants to speak. So I want to pray for you right now. If you're in this room watching online as well, won't you close your eyes just bow your head just for a moment. Let me pray for you. You're hearing you say, Pastor Jody, I'm not sure I know Christ. I certainly don't know if I'm hearing from God the way that I should. I want to pray for you right now. You're watching online. You say, I don't know if I know Jesus. I want to pray for you. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit right now in your heart. Am I a believer? Am I saved? Am I a Christian? And if there's any doubt whatsoever, I want you to pray this prayer with me along with this whole church. We're going to pray out loud together. Just repeat this after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I come to you today. I give you my life. I give you my heart. I give you everything. And I ask you, Lord, to save me, to deliver me, and to set me free. Dear Lord, I ask you today to fill me with your spirit. I need to hear from you. Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you for filling me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Man, if you pray that prayer, we're so proud of you. <laughs> Would you give me a hand, church? So proud of you. A couple things I want to say before you go. Listen, our prayer team is going to be down front. I'll let these guys, we'll, we'll ask you all to stand real quick just for me before we go. But our prayer team, if you guys want to make your way down front while we all stand up, here's what I want you to do. These guys will be down front, and here's the thing. If you need prayer for anything, that's why they're here. We're going to dismiss. You'll have plenty of time. Okay? But if you don't need prayer, then the group's expo is open outside in the lobby. You can go find people. Now, some of these guys are prayer leaders. They may also have a small group. So if that's the case, you need prayer, get prayer. Next week, you can sign up for the small group. Okay? Prayer is more important than a sign-up sheet. Everybody understand what I'm saying? If you need prayer, get prayer. And let me just clear the room. Can we all agree that we all need prayer? Pastor Jody needs a lot of prayer. Ask Haley. She'll tell you. I need lots of prayer. I get prayed for. People pray for me. It's not something that should be looked down upon. 
It should be something that says, I'm glad they got prayer. I'm glad everybody needs prayer and they're here to pray for you over anything you need, okay? We'll talk more about uh, some of these things in the next couple of weeks about the Holy Spirit and other things. If you have questions, I'll answer some of those things later. But right now, if you need prayer for anything, they're down here. If you need prayed for about the Holy Spirit, they're down here. If you need to ask questions, they're down here to pray with you. Just let them pray for you, okay? And um, before we go, I just want to share that with you. Make sure you, you, you make time for that. So before we leave, in Numbers chapter 6 and verse 24, <clears throat> the scriptures say this, May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Man, God bless you so much. You're dismissed and the church is what? Come on, there you go. All right, good deal. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.